We're continuing to read in John this morning, looking in chapter 13 today. Start reading with the 15th verse in John, the 13th chapter. Yes, even the disciples argued. Actually, they argued a lot, and usually about some pretty ridiculous kinds of things. Who was the greatest disciple? I mean, what did they think they were? Superheroes in a comic book? Or uh, Who was the greatest disciple? Stuff like that. You would think they were a bunch of kindergartners or politicians. I don't know. Actually, they were just humans. Most arguments aren't about anything that in the face of eternity really matters all that much. But it seems like it really is important in that particular moment. And so we don't really treat each other very well, uh, both uh, when we agree and surely when we don't. Well, John chapter 13 occurs in one of those kinds of times in the ministry of Jesus. He has just entered Jerusalem in an event that we often call the triumphal entry. It must have been an exciting moment for the disciples to see the crowds welcoming Jesus as the conquering Messiah. That's what they thought that he was going to be. And obviously they were totally off base on what Jesus had come to do. And Jesus knew that. But the disciples didn't yet understand that. They thought everything's coming together. Finally, all is going to be great. Jesus is going to become the king that we know that he should be. Things were falling into place, just not the way the disciples thought they were falling into place. Jesus knew. He knew that this day would very quickly lead to the cross. He knew that Judas, one of the disciples, had already hatched this horrible plan to try to force Jesus' hand to try to sell him for just a few pieces of silver. It was a terrible time. He knew the disciples were about to face the darkest days of their life. And how they treated each other was going to be of great significance. So Jesus gives them an example so bold and audacious None of them saw it coming. As they began to prepare for the evening meal after this extraordinary day, you can just hear the buzz around the table. They're so excited about what's happened and they're looking forward to what's going to take place. And as all of this is is happening, Jesus takes on the role not just of a servant, but of the lowest servant. He does a job Nobody wanted to do. He washes the feet of the disciples. And the lessons that the disciples learned are lessons that every believer needs to understand. Especially this. We are servants. If you know Christ today, you have a calling. Now, we talk about calling in Baptist circles, usually in reference to ministerial people, that they have a calling to the ministry. And that's certainly true and certainly an accurate way to use that term. But the reality is it's not just pastors and ministers and others who have a calling. Every believer has a calling. 
We're all called to serve. In this account, it had been what can only be described as a mind-boggling couple of days for the disciples. Jesus had entered into Jerusalem to the cheers of the crowd. The disciples must have been walking on the clouds. They, They could not believe how well this was going, but Jesus knew what was going to happen. And so, there at that supper time, he, he, he tells the disciples exactly what was about to take place. That he was going to the cross. Something they couldn't comprehend. And again, realize they've just come from this extraordinary experience of, of seeing the crowds welcoming Jesus. And now Jesus is telling them, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I've come here to die at the hand of those who were in that crowd. And the disciples, they, they couldn't figure it out. It was just more than they could even begin to comprehend. Not just more than they could understand or more than they could get their head around. It just didn't make any sense at all. But Jesus understood that everything was taking place according to the Father's plan. And so as he and his disciples prepared for the meal, Jesus did something none of the disciples could have ever expected. The story is found here in John chapter 13. We'll actually begin reading in verse 2. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This is one of the amazing things about God. Now, now there actually are an infinite number of amazing things about God. But this is a big one. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew that the disciples, to a person, were going to desert him at his hour of greatest need. He knew that Judas, one of these 12 men he had selected personally, that he had asked and entrusted them these last three years with his ministry, this man that he loved so dearly was going to betray him for what was a very small amount of money, just a few coins of silver. And Jesus washes their feet anyway. Now, the washing of feet was an important custom in the New Testament day. It served both a a need, but also was an extraordinary sign of hospitality. You can imagine strolling around the dirt streets of the New Testament era in your sandals, how, how dirty your feet would become. And so it was necessary to, to wash your feet. It was something that needed to be done for just for cleanliness sake. But, but it became a, a sign of hospitality. Now, obviously, everybody could just wash their own feet. But for someone to wash their feet was a sign of great hospitality. It was a sign of, of great love. 
But nobody wanted to do it. (laughs) For obvious reasons, this particular job was given to the lowest man on the totem pole. (laughs) The least servant in the household was the one who got the job of washing the feet. (laughs) And I'm guessing they probably didn't look forward to that part of their job. (laughs) And yet, This was exactly what Jesus did. The most menial task. The job nobody else wanted to do. That's what Jesus did. The greatest person in the universe. The creator of everything that is. The King of kings and Lord of lords stooped down to wash the dirt off of their feet. Feet that when he needed the most would turn and run. Feet that would lead his greatest enemies right to him. He washed them all. As believers, we know in the back of our mind that we're called to serve. We understand that. We, 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 we see it enough in the Scripture. We sing about it enough. We talk about it enough. You know, we, we know that we're supposed to do that. But sometimes we, we don't know exactly who it is that we're supposed to serve. We, we categorize people in our life in a lot of different ways. There are some folks in most of our life that we would do anything for them. Folks in our family, folks that we, we, we loved greatly, our, our very close friends. If we recognized that they had a need, we would step in immediately and do it. And then there are those folks in most of our life that we just assume they fended for themselves. <laughs> there are folks that we would serve in a heartbeat And folks that, well, we probably wouldn't be signing up for that particular task. But Jesus gives a very direct answer to this question. Who is it that we are called to serve? The answer, there isn't anyone we're not called to serve. That's a tall order. First of all, how in the world are we going to do that? We can't possibly get to everyone in the world. We don't have the resources to meet every need. We couldn't possibly get around to everyone, much less serve them. Well, Jesus provides us with a perfect example. He was very wise in the way that he served. If you look through Jesus' ministry, he doesn't give everyone everything that they wanted. Much of what we want isn't really what we need. And learning patience for those things that we do need, that's a great gift. So Jesus didn't give everybody everything that they wanted because he knew that wasn't really serving them. But even beyond that, in Jesus' ministry, he didn't heal every sick person. In his time here on earth. 
There were times when he went away for rest and prayer that most certainly during those times, there were still people who were hurting. There were still people who were sick. There were still people who were in need. And often when Jesus did serve, it was often in a way that nobody had asked for him to do and that nobody anticipated that he would do. But Jesus was always serving. We should be too. Here's the thing. There are always opportunities to serve. God will always provide us with ways that we can use the talents and gifts that he has entrusted into our life in ways to serve others and to serve him. The question is not finding a place to serve. The question is our readiness to serve. And here again, as always, Jesus gives the perfect answer. We serve Christ. The washing of the feet on this occasion was not just to clean some dirty, smelly feet. Again, the disciples could have done this themselves. They could have taken care of that task. They didn't really need Jesus to wash the dirt off of their toes. But Jesus' washing of the feet of the disciples was to help them to understand why it was Jesus came and what exactly it was he had called them to do. Immediately following this, there's an interesting conversation with Peter in which essentially Jesus reminds him and the other disciples that they just need to trust him. And then Jesus returns back to that incident where he's been washing their feet. And he asked the disciples if they understood what it was he just did. I'm guessing the disciples sat there with their mouths open. They had no idea why Jesus did what he just did. And Jesus patiently continues to explain exactly why it was he did what he did. It's found here in verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. Now, now, Obviously, Jesus was not telling them to carry around a wash basin and a towel and follow each other anywhere they went to make sure their feet were always clean. No. He was telling them and us to always be ready. To always be ready to serve. To follow his example. Which is exactly what he says in verse 15. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, according to Luke chapter 22, in this occasion, the disciples have been arguing amongst themselves about who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus knew that they, like we, are so often were focused on exactly the wrong thing. And so Jesus showed them, and us, 
where it was our focus should be. And he then told them and us, follow my example. So how do we go about following this example that Jesus has given us? Well, here's how I heard one man take this passage to heart. His interpretation of this passage was that foot washing was a task that nobody would want to do. It was the most menial service imaginable. So he began to think through his life and what in his life would be the most menial thing that happened. And and he finally thought of what it was. Washing the toilets in truck stop bathrooms. (laughs) This particular fellow and his job, he had to travel frequently. And along the paths, he had discovered that some of the best places to stop along the way were truck stops. He could always get what he needed and get in and out pretty quickly because that was what they were designed to do. And so he had stopped at those along the way. And uh, he he recognized that... uh, Probably cleaning the restrooms was not the task that most of the employees at the truck wash wanted to do. And so uh, when he had a little extra time along the journey, he had a set of supplies in his trunk, and he would take those supplies out, and he would walk up to the cash register, and he would ask the person at the cash register, do you mind if I go in and wash out your bathroom? (laughs) Remarkably, no one said, no, I want to do that today. After getting some rather puzzled looks, uh, they usually told him, hey, go knock yourself out. (laughs) Go right ahead. And so he did. He would go in and he would do the best job he possibly could cleaning out that restaurant. And when he had finished, virtually every time he was asked the same question, you can guess what it is. Somebody would ask him, why are you doing this? And his explanation was always the same. I do this because of all the things Jesus has done for me. And in his experience, that simple act virtually never failed to open an opportunity to witness for Christ. Now, obviously, we can't all clean truck stop restrooms. (laughs) We won't all wash feet either. In our culture, if we tried to wash somebody's foot, that probably would be a very different experience than what would happen in the New Testament day. But we can all do something. We all have opportunities in life To do something unexpected. To do something nobody else wants to do. To do something that will elicit this question, why are you doing this? And we can give this same answer. We do this because of all Jesus has done for us. If you're looking for a place to witness If you're trying to figure out a way how to do that, all you need to do is look for a place to serve. There is always something where you are 
that nobody else wants to do. There is always something where you are that will make people ask you, why are you doing that? And there is always something where you are that when you do it, you can say, I do this because of everything Jesus has done for me. And when you do it, you can simply add one more statement. Can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? Heavenly Father, it's hard to be a servant. We're not wired that way, most of us. Most of us want to be served. We're kind of like the disciples. We want to be the greatest. So God, help us overcome that. Help us to see that you created us. You fashioned us to serve. That's what you made us to do. And in that service, you will open up opportunities for us to tell people about you. And so, God, give us open eyes so that as we go through life, we'll see those opportunities where we can do something that nobody else wants to do, where we can do something that will be an act of service towards someone that will cause them to wonder, why in the world are they doing that? And will give us the opportunity to say we do this because of all that our Savior has done for us. Help us, Heavenly Father to serve. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.